Episode of the Anxiety Wad Podcast. I am your host, Corey. Our episode is once again brought to you by Dream State Meds. Uh, please go to dreamstatemeds.com, use the promo code ANXIETYWAD, one word, and you will get a 10% discount on all of their products. Uh, CBD has been shown to have some great benefits for a, the calming effect. Um, that it brings, uh, especially for people with anxiety. I use it at night to help me sleep and help me calm down, but I also use the topical for some of the chronic pain issues that I have going on. DreamStateMeds.com, promo code ANXIETYWAD. So what do we got going on today? Um, whenever you're listening to this, your day, I hope it is going well. Um, episode today, we're going to talk about like the symptoms of an anxiety disorder versus just normal worry. Um, how do I know if I'm someone that has an anxiety disorder versus just I'm a nervous person? Um, then we're going to talk a little bit about staying true to yourself and what that means and how it applies to anxiety. And then I'm going to address the, if you ever ask yourself, why me? Um, if you're someone that's is struggling and just in general, like the why me thing is, is something that I, I find that uh, people that I've worked with tend to have that mindset. I know I did at one time and um, it just, we're just going to discuss on why am I feeling that way or how can we get around the part of it, which is why me? So here we go. All right. So let's look at the normal anxiety versus uh, anxiety disorder. And there's some telltale signs that it, you may be someone with an anxiety disorder if you're feeling a certain way. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at like what normal worry looks like versus um, someone that has an anxiety disorder and uh, work my way through that. So normal, normal stress, worry, um, you stress about paying bills, you know, you, know, you find a decent, like if you're looking for a job, finding a decent job that can be stressful, um, breaking up with someone that you're dating uh, and just normal day-to-day -day worry. And what that looks like if you have a disorder is you're constantly worrying without cause. Um, you're worried that something bad will happen. And yeah, that may seem normal, but for someone with an anxiety disorder, that's going to last for days, weeks, months at a time. And it's going to be one fixated thought and it's going to just pop up out of nowhere and you're going to be cranked up to a 10. So normal day-to-day -day stress and worry is not the same as an anxiety disorder. It's cranked up. It's as high as it goes. If you're someone that is just having normal stress or anxiety, imagine the feeling of when someone scares you, that adrenaline rush that you get, that's constant when you have an anxiety disorder, especially if you get yourself cranked up and get stuck on one thought. Um, normal stress and worry. You feel awkward or embarrassed under certain life circumstances. And if you are having anxiety disorder, you're self-conscious, you avoid social interactions, you do everything you can to get out of those situations that cause you anxiety, like going to a gym, going to a, an event in general. Um, I know I was invited to go to this Men of Life, it was called, and it was at the Target Center in Minneapolis. And this was right around the time that my anxiety was really bad. And we got there and everything was fine. And then I, I, I wish I could remember what set me off 
but there was some sort of trigger at the event and I kind of just spiraled down mentally because I was feeling strong and my anxiety went the other way. It went way up. And so I had to remove myself. I'd go to the bathroom, um, put some as cold of water as I could find on my face and I just had to remove myself. And so like normal anxiety or, n- or normal stress in that situation would just been kind of like anticipation of a large crowd where mine was, I had to completely remove myself because I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to remain sane in front of other people. All right. Another one for normal stress and worry. You worry about like a major test, like a presentation at, at work, um, some sort of date like a wedding or, or just going out on a date. Um, or other, you know, just big life events in general. Someone with an anxiety disorder, they, they face sudden panic attacks out of the blue um, and just in constant fear that it will happen again because we're thinking about the things around that event, that date, that presentation, and that major test. It will just set us off and we're in the, in the realm of a panic attack. It, it's just you're tiptoeing towards the cliff And as soon as you get to that point where you're going to panic, you're jumping off that cliff. So another one, you fear about your life in realistic, you know, realistic danger situations, um, like health or life threatening situations. It's just, you worry about it. Like, I hope I don't fall off this path and go rolling down the hill. Um, and someone with an anxiety disorder, they have an unreal, unreal, unreasonable jeepers. That was terrible. Unreasonable avoidance of places, objects, and people. Uh, You can misconceive how much of a threat it actually is, but you just completely avoid it. Now, someone with normal stress and worry, they're going to still do the event. They're still going to attend the event. They're still going to do the thing. Um, An example of that for me is we went to Hawaii and whale watching. I'm claustrophobic. I have a very hard time with boats. I just didn't go. Um, I, I said, you guys go, it's fine. Now, if I would have gotten on that boat, I, I don't know if I would have been able to stay on it, <laughs> to be honest. I, I just don't know. So that was an example there. All right. So like looking around sleep, like sometimes you, you're nervous, you're sad, you have difficulty sleeping. Um, you know, like after a traumatic event, you kind of re revisit it in your mind. If you're someone with everyday anxiety or stress or worry, and someone with an anxiety disorder, they're going to have reoccurring nightmares, flashbacks, um, emotional numbing related to the traumatic event. You know, even if it occurred several months or years ago, um, every once in a while, I'll kind of have just this um, rising rapid heartbeat and sweating around the event of when I when I broke my neck and it just pops back up and it's not anything that I can really control. Um, that's more of a PTSD thing for me, but uh you know, someone with an anxiety disorder, it's going to be like, boom, I'm right in that place that I felt at that time that that event happened. So there's some examples, but in general, like if you're someone that cannot let the fear and worry go, you more than likely should go see someone and try to develop a strategic treatment plan for your anxiety. There's nothing wrong with it going to see someone. I've done it three or four times. And, you know, if my anxiety rears its ugly head again, I'm going to go see someone. Um, they can help me formulate a game plan, figure out what I need to do, and figure out if it's just normal everyday worry versus a, an anxiety disorder. 
And the best thing to do is to catch those things early, just like any kind of medical condition. You catch it early, then you can formulate a treatment plan. And usually it's not going to get into the deep waters that, you know, you're in, you're in deep, deep trouble um, trying to swim your way out of those crashing waves. Um, go early, go often until you are at a point where you're like, you know, I probably don't need to see anybody anymore. It may be scary, but you're already scared. So a little bit more fear isn't going to make it that much worse to go see someone. If you have any questions about treatment, uh, therapy, or anything like that, please reach out. Uh, shoot me a DM or send, send me an email at anxietywad at gmail.com, and I'll do my best to answer some of those questions you may have. So on to the next part. So we're going to talk a little bit about staying true to yourself, and this is something that I, I know very, very well. Um my life situation was I was self-identified as an athlete and all of my achievements, acknowledgements, uh, my identity, my friendship groups, my personal self-worth, I would say, was all wrapped up into that area of my life. Um, I, if you guys know the Enneagram, I'm a type three, which is the achiever. And so I would get my recognition. I would get my, it would warm my heart <laughs> to win games, to win uh, awards, to, and, and the, the interesting thing is like, I never was really someone that was cocky. Um, I was confident, but I wasn't like, I'm better than you type of person because I'm, you know, empathetic. Um, you know, I'm a little bit of an empath, but I'm compassionate and I have a big heart and I always have, um, mainly because I was someone that growing up, I was, I was bullied. And once I got to be a lot bigger. I'm a big dude. I got a lot bigger than the guys that were picking on me. Um, sports was my identity and I wrapped myself into that. Now I struggled to be the locker room meathead and I never really knew why until I, I started going to therapy and, and, and working on myself and my personal development journey. But like the meathead and just the jerk, like I just, I don't, I never understood it. Um, but there were so many of them around me. I was like, well, maybe that's, Maybe that's just, I, I'm wrong. You know, maybe they're right type of thing. And it became really evident when I got to college and I'd stopped doing um, basketball. And I'm, I'm kind of reflecting back on this because it, it kind of was a slow trickle to where I became aware that I wasn't being true to myself. And the, the main thing was when I transferred schools, I got caught up in this group of people that were like to fight. Now, I, I never really participated in it, but I was in that group. And so the thought of that being normal went against everything that I am as a person. And I know that now. I just didn't know why I had such an inner conflict. Um, but I was hurting on the inside because my identity, my identity was kind of fizzling away on me. You know, the athlete the achiever, um, the all-star, all that stuff, the popular person. Um, none of it's real. I know that now, but that was being shaken because I had this broken neck and I had a lot of neurological things. So my body wasn't working the way I knew it could. And so I was on, you know, shaky ground, like the earthquake had happened in my neck and everything was cracking underneath me and the ground was about to fall out. And so I would start to grasp at these different friend groups and these different identities of, you know, the fighter, the partier, um, the womanizer, 
which that one didn't last very long. <laughs> you know, maybe that was the, a supply thing more than anything. But um, then I, I did kickboxing, and then I did um, what else have I done? Yeah, just all these different identities that I would try on, like hats. None of them really fit until I found personal development and this this journey of of every day working on myself, trying to learn about myself visiting my values, visiting my beliefs, visiting these mantras, visiting meditation, visiting breath work, visiting books. And when I started doing that, and I did it over and over and over and over again, you guys hear me say that all the time, but it is, it's repetition over time, time under tension, consistent effort over time, who I am as a person became very clear. And what I realized at that time is those times I was struggling the most was because I wasn't being true to myself. I'm not a meathead. I <laughs> just, I'm not, you know, be, you guys that are close to me know that and probably I look like I should be, but I'm not. I've heard time and time again, they're like, you're way different than I expected, which is just because I look like a, a giant meathead, but I love art. I love drawing. I love painting. Um, I really don't have access to pottery, but I probably would love that too. And I, I, I did not admit that within my friend groups because when you're friends with Meathead, they're going to say art is for the P word, right? And if you're a football player, you don't want to be one of those. And so I, I wasn't being true to myself in that arena. Um, the womanizing thing, like I grew up and I was, I had the, the best mom you can ever imagine. So that wasn't being true to how I knew you should treat women. I watched my dad treat my mom wonderfully over my childhood. And I knew being a womanizer was not the right thing. Like I said, it didn't last very long, but like I tried on that hat. And then the partier. When your values are health, wellness, both physical and mental, damaging your body like that, like, I mean, I would, I would drink to excess and then I'd be like, Hey, can I bum a smoke? Which is just the grossest thing to me right now because I don't drink or smoke now, but I wasn't being true to myself. I was trying to find myself. And I think a lot of people do so much to please other people in their lives, which is what I was doing too. I was trying to please everybody else to try to fit in and find myself in that identity rather than spending time with myself finding myself or finding what I approved of for myself versus what other people approved of that I was doing. Yes, we all need acknowledgement. We all need acceptance. But if you can give that to yourself first, other people are going to see that. And, you know, people that know me as well know that, like, Wherever we go, people will talk to me. And I, don't, I still don't understand it. But for me, it's like I give myself acknowledgement and acceptance. And I think that people just see a different kind of vibe coming off of me. And it's like, oh, that's a friendly guy I could talk to. It, happens, it happened like every single day we went anywhere when we were in Hawaii. But at the grocery store, wherever I'm at, at, at any kind of store or event, people will just talk to me. I don't get it. <laughs> But I think that when you are comfortable with who you are, which is the beginning of any kind of happiness in life, 
is giving that acceptance and love and joy to yourself first. Then you have that in your pocket to hand out to other people. Now, if you need help figuring out who you are, if you need help figuring out how to give yourself acceptance, and if you need help in acknowledging yourself for the things that you do that are genuinely good, let me know. I can show you what I did. Like I, the stupid workbook thing, I, I, I'm trying my best to get that up on the website. I just, I don't know enough about it. If you're someone that's listening that is really good with WordPress and plugins and like that, let me know as well. Um, I want to get that thing out there so people can just grab it when they need to versus me doing, um, sending them like a PayPal request for money and then I just email it over. But the workbook is just, it's a conglomeration of everything I do to get myself to knowing myself and staying true to myself. I do it every day. Just, mine's really short now because I've been doing it for so long. I quick check in. But if you're someone that's, that is struggling and that wants to make a change in your life and get back to who you really are and happiness, make an effort to spend time digging into that self-worth and self-acceptance every day. Because the only opinion that matters is your own. We spend so much time worrying about what everybody else wants, we don't really ask ourselves, what do I really want? It's not selfish to take care of yourself first. It's selfish to run yourself into the ground taking care of everybody else and not even giving yourself the time of day and the happiness that you deserve because you're worried about what other people think. That's not giving them the whole 100% real version of you. That's what everybody in your life deserves is a 100% put together, self-accepted version of yourself. So it's so, it's so important to make sure that you are cool with yourself and who you are before you can like truly be happy, truly find joy. I would, I mean, it's, it's hard to explain if you don't feel that way, but cause I felt that way. I, I hated myself. I hated everything about who I was at one point in my life, but I wasn't that far off. Like I just, I just wasn't spending the time saying, yeah, you know, these are the things that you do really well in your life, Corey. These are the things that you bring to the table. These are the things that you value. These are the things that you believe. These are the things that light you up that you can give to other people. That's how we ended up on this podcast. Like I knew I wanted to do more to help other people because I prayed and asked and cried and just begged for night after night for three years straight for help. And it was staying true to myself in the end and figuring out who I was that helped me manage that anxiety, that anxiety that stopped me from really living. My heart goes out to you if you're right now in a place where you're not really living and you're just struggling. But there is hope. I promise you, there's hope. So, if you're interested, let me know. Um, or start researching Jim Rohn, Zig Ziglar, Les Brown, Andy Andrews, Brene Brown. Jeez, I can keep going on those. But just start doing something for yourself first every morning. 
and do it the last thing you do at night. Just start learning more about yourself, staying true to yourself. It's going to be, you are the big, the best project that you will ever work on. You, yourself. No wife, no kids, no parents, no any kind of job, money, status, anything like that. You, working on yourself, is going to make all the rest of that better. You could have the best job, the best wife, the best kids, the best family, the biggest paycheck, and still be miserable. Guarantee you know somebody that is like that. So without 100% acknowledged self-confidence and acceptance, there's no happiness. So that was an intense one. <laughs> I've been doing a lot of those lately, but there, you know, it's genuine. It's it's true to my heart. It's it's something that I went through a lot, and you can feel that when I talk about it. So I, ho- I hope that helps you guys out a little bit, if nothing else, just to kind of give you an idea of where to start. So here we go. Part three is the why me. And in that same vein of self-acceptance and staying true to yourself, that was one thing that um, I, I, I struggled with because I had, in all intents and purposes, a, a perfect childhood a perfect high school it was just and so when that seemed to be taken away from me quote unquote um i I ask that all the time and it's it's kind of a victim mentality and now when i say victim mentality i don't talk about actual victims because there are victims of assault sexual assault you know whatever but this is just victim thinking Okay, it's, it's lumped together. Victim thinking is, why me? And, and you kind of beat yourself up about it, but it takes all the power away from you that you hold within your hand to overcome things. And the reason I know that is because I was looking for an external solution. I was looking for that one pill that's going to make everything okay. Pills help, but they don't heal. External events help, but they don't heal. And when it comes to anxiety, something that is created by our own minds or our own perceptions of life events or our own um, holding on to things that have happened in our past, like we have that power. We need to be strong. We need to learn to empower ourselves by saying, it happened instead of why me? Now I'm going to do something about it. And the why me thing, it, it, it extinguishes the power that you do have. And I am not saying that you're wrong for saying why me because I said it too. But now that I'm on the other side of it, is that just stalled my progress? It stalled my healing. And it becomes this big wall that you have to try to climb over or break through or dig under. And the biggest deterrent to progress is question rather than action, which is going to get you through that wall faster. And so if you're someone that asks, why me? I want you to try to find a mantra or develop a statement, a vision statement that says, anxiety, uh, today is the last day that I allow you to have power over me. I'm taking back control. I am going to squish you into the dirt and I'm taking myself back. 
Today is the day I stop letting you do this to me. Today is a day I stop letting you take me away from the things that I want to do. Today is the day you leave me alone. Empower yourself to take on anxiety head on. Empower yourself because you are more powerful than any kind of anxiety. The real you is more powerful because the thoughts that cause those anxiety um, feelings, those anxiety, um, you're the one that creates your thoughts. You're the owner of your thoughts. You're the maestro, you're the director, you're the producer, all that stuff. That's you. So you empower yourself before they start. Anxiety. Instead of, why me? Today is the last day I allow you to take control. I take myself back. Today is the day I stop you from doing this to me. Today is the day you stop taking me away from those things that I do and those things that I want to do. Today is the day that you leave me alone and I create the thoughts I want to create. And just like nutrition, where you eat in accordance to your goals, like you eat, the way you eat needs to match your goals. Your thoughts need to match what you want out of life. Whatever that may be. Most everyone does not want to have anxiety in their life. Fear is healthy. Fear keeps you safe. The flight or flight response is there for a reason. But anxiety is something that we prolong ourselves. Now, if you're someone that says, well, I don't have any control over it, you're right. Because you're limiting yourself to believing that. You're giving anxiety power. But you do have power for the one simple fact that you create your thoughts. It's hard work, it takes time, and it doesn't go as fast as you want it. But it is doable. If you commit yourself to doing it every single day, pretty soon you're going to be like, oh, my anxiety isn't as bad as it once was. Celebrate that. Right now, just write the numbers 1 to 30. Every morning that you do something to learn about yourself and to learn to manage your anxiety, make a check mark. As soon as you have 30 days, have a stinking party, man. Dance Party USA up in your kitchen or whatever. Get Eat that big thing of ice cream. Eat that big thing of that, the gourmet licorice that, man, I love that stuff. <laughs> but celebrate that. It is entirely possible to do this with hard work and a little bit of selfishness to take care of yourself first. Selfishness is not always bad, especially when you take care of yourself. And I'll say it one more time. Instead of why me, say this statement. Anxiety, today is the last day that I allow you to take control. Today, I will take back myself. Today is the last day you stop me from doing what I want to do. Today is the last day I allow you to do this to me.
today is the day you leave me alone. And if you just say that mantra over and over and over, many times a day, it's going to lose its power. Your mind is an amazing machine. It's, it's an amazing thing that created this problem. Now it's time to reprogram it and create happiness. I hope that helps, guys. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Dream State Meds. Go to dreamstatemeds.com. Use the promo code ANXIETYWAD, one word, for all of their CBD products. Have yourself a more uh, peaceful morning, afternoon, or evening. Please keep coming back, guys. We're going to figure this out. We'll see you later. Thank you.